So until next time, may all your travels be bright. This is like Christmas time. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> you know, like start to break into song. What made you think to say that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Oh. And together we believe in intentional dreaming for international living. But for now, we enjoy our small town island life, playing games, and cooking foods of all types. Most of all, we enjoy traveling to new places. And as we plan to move overseas one day, we hope to use this time to share our transition and experiences along the way. Hi. Hey. Welcome to episode number seven. Seven. We've been doing this for almost two months now. No, wait. We started in January, so it's yeah. been almost four. Well, I was thinking seven. Do we count week, the time that I asked you that I wanted to do the podcast? No, only from when we started. Oh. Yeah, I, f- I guess I kind of forgot we do it every other week. So that's not seven weeks, but rather 14 weeks. Mm-hmm. Man, we're professionals at this. Mm, I doubt that. <laughs> but not professionals at doing math, I guess. But we are figuring out kind of how this works, and we've had our first, like, goof-up. Technical problem. Actually, we had two goof-ups this last... They're not goof-ups. They're They're technical problems. Technical problems. Not things that we did. Yeah. the I mean, so last time, if you had trouble um, downloading the podcast, um, I think I got a notification on my phone uh, that said, hey, there's a new podcast episode. But then I couldn't actually download it. And you actually figured out that it was a plugin that we use that updated and then it no longer synced with the um, server that we had posted our podcast on. Well, I think, I mean, this was a pretty popular plugin podcast, pretty popular plugin, pretty popular podcast plugin. <laughs> Try to say that seven <laughs> times in a row. I can't say it once in a row. <laughs> that they updated and somehow broke the podcast. But I eventually figured that out, and so it came out a couple days late. I mean, it was out on the website. It just yeah. didn't make it to people's um, apps. podcast apps. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that but, was interesting because we thought maybe it was something we did, but it seemed to be yeah. um, not, not just us. Fault. Yeah. Yeah. And then so combine that with the audio not recording correctly the first time <laughs> we recorded it, and it was kind of a... It was a trying week. Yeah, what? It was episode six. Yeah. Six is a bad number. Apparently. Yeah. But other than that, I think it ended up being okay. Yeah. We were talking to somebody. uh, Talking to one of our listeners. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. And she was saying she really, she was laughing at our fight. Yeah. Well, there's more than one person who said they laughed at us. Yeah. Well, that's okay. <laughs> yeah. At least somebody enjoyed it. Well, apparently there are some people who relate to the situation we found ourselves in in Washington, D.C. Yeah. Which, that's not surprising. Well, but who does that make right then? Like, who was more right? You sleeping in or me being frustrated? Probably uh, neither. Neither. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, yeah, let's talk about life updates. What you got? April's a busy month for us in terms of familial holidays, like birthdays and <laughs> no anniversaries. No one ever says that. I think I just said it. Birthdays and anniversaries. My mom's birthday is tomorrow, 
uh, Katie's birthday is in two days, mm-hmm. which, uh, and my mom's anniversary is the same day as Katie's mm-hmm. birthday. Uh, my mom's husband's birthday was last week. Mm-hmm. I have a nephew birthday next week. Two nephews' birthdays next week. No, one's next week, so one's the next week. Yeah. By the time a podcast comes out, I will have already anyway. celebrated mine. Half of these will already be over, but two more will be Almost on the way. all of them. But yeah, we have a lot of birthdays in April. Yeah, April's a busy month for us. Yeah. Yeah. And then my cousin just had her baby last week, and so... Which we talked about on yeah. the podcast. And add another birthday to the calendar. Though I don't think a cousin's baby makes it on the calendar. <laughs> Sorry. At least I don't have any cousins on our calendar right now. No, nor cousins' birthdays, cousins' babies' birthdays. Or anniversaries. I just have our family, our immediate family on both of our sides. Yeah. We have a nice shutterfly calendar that shows pictures of the people, family people on each day. Yeah. That is another thing that I really like. I really like shutterfly. Yeah. So if you're a photo person, if you like... um, if you were ever involved into like hand making crafty scrapbooks, um, I used to do that all the time. And then I found Shutterfly and it's so much easier. Yeah. For for every travel that we talk about and all of the ones that Katie's gone that we haven't talked about, she has a photo book for. So if you ever want to think, man, that was an interesting thing. I wish I could see pictures of the whole experience. You could just ask us to see the book. Yeah. You can see the book. Come and visit us. Are you making fun of my, my photo books? No. Do you not want to have a photo book of our wedding? We already do. We have two of them. Shutterfly's just that great that whenever yeah. they send me one and it's dented, they will send me another free one. And we have one for our rehearsal dinner. Well, no, it's more of like the wedding activities leading up to it. <laughs> and we have one for the Louisiana party. Yeah. Because that was a whole separate party. We do have a separate one for that? Yes. Do you not know what <laughs> photo books we have up on our no, shelf? you have so many. I don't. I lose track. Not all of them are, like most of them that I have are pre-you. That's true. So there's not many that have come after we've been together. I've mm. been slacking on my my photo I, book duties. We have a different definition of many. Mm. There's been quite a few. Well, probably more than you've ever had. Yes, I've Like had that you've zero. ever <laughs> made so. in your entire life. Yes, that's true. Do you not want me to record our memories no, into it's a actually digital really, photo album? It's really good. Okay, so April. <laughs> we weren't a busy even planning <laughs> planning on talking about Shutterfly, but yeah. I'm a big fan. Yeah, April's been a busy month, and will continue to be. It's almost your birthday. How do you feel about that? I'm getting another year older. Yeah, I'm. I'm excited. I love birthdays. So I this one kind of snuck up on me though this year. I think between traveling to DC last month and then planning for Colorado next month. April just has kind of flown by, and we only have three more weeks of um, school. school, like university. I work at a university, and so there's just three weeks left. And so it kind of got busy all all in there. And I, all of a sudden, it was April and like the middle of April, and my birthday's right around the corner. So I'm not mm-hmm. sure where this time has gone, but it has just flown by. Sure. But it is, I mean, halfway through April already. That's I know, and my birthday's right around the corner. What'd yeah. you get me? Two days. You have to wait and find out. What'd okay. you get me for our anniversary? <laughs> I actually have it. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, great. I just haven't given it to you yet. It's been a month and I'm still waiting. I did a really poor job on our anniversary gift. <laughs> and I, I was kind of behind the times. And Jason gave me a really sweet 
anniversary gift, um, like a new chain for the necklace, the pendant that we talked about. We didn't. It oh, didn't we make didn't. the cut. Oh, this man. was a good story. Here, this was a story that got lost that we didn't talk about. So let's let's talk about it right now. Okay, so I took a trip without Jason last fall. Um, went for work to Australia, and New Zealand to go visit some partner um, universities, and somewhere either on the way there, one of my flights, I broke. Like I pulled on my necklace somehow and it broke. This is not the first time that I've done it. Like no, this is probably like the, a few times. the third or fourth time. And we've mended it and yeah, it, it broke. And this is a, a pretty dear necklace to me because it's the first like real piece of jewelry that you gave me. Mm-hmm. Like on our one year dating anniversary, um, we were flying back from our friend's wedding in North yeah. Carolina. We were romantically sitting at Starbucks in an airport. <laughs> Which doesn't sound very romantic, but it was the first time we had flown anywhere together. Yeah. And so it was fun to be coming back and um, celebrating our one year and then you giving me this really pretty mm-hmm. necklace. It was gorgeous. It is gorgeous. Um, and so on the flight, my necklace broke and fortunately I, I felt it break. And so I put it in my purse because I, I put it somewhere safe and I said, I'll move it later because um, I didn't really have a safe place to put it. And um, when I came back to it later, of course, I forgot about it. I completely forgot about moving it to another space where it was safe. And I lost it, like could not find it later because by the time I remembered it, it wasn't in the bag that I had put it in and I couldn't find it. And so I thought mm-hmm. it's just lost. When was this? Last October, October. so October, like the end of October, beginning of November, okay, 2015. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was just lost. You it was were gone. Very sad. I was very, very, very sad. Like my parents, like never bought me jewelry because I would always lose it, and they would always insure my jewelry. Jewelry. So whenever I lost it, then I would they'd be able to get me <laughs> get me something again. One. Yes, and so. Um, we're sitting in Washington D.C. and we're having a snack lunch at um, the monument, the Lincoln Memorial. Lincoln Memorial. Lincoln Memorial, looking at the Washington Monument over the reflecting pool. Yeah, it was a really nice lunch. Yeah, and I'm pulling out all the stuff from this uh, foldable backpack that I have in a. It's, it's one of our my travel accessories that I just throw in the bag because if I need a backpack, you can just open it up. It's it super like light. collapses into itself. Right, and so it's like a little pouch. Mm-hmm, and like. Yeah, so I pull all the stuff out of there, all the food, and then I'm looking into the bag and seeing if there's anything left in the bag. And in the bottom of this bag that I do not ever remember using in Australia and New Zealand was the pendant that mm-hmm. I had lost from my necklace. Yeah. And so you found it. I was five months later. Completely amazed. Yes. In a completely different country. And yes, in a completely different country, not even in the state that we live in, but in a city that we were visiting, not even at the like apartment that we were renting, but out after we had been out and about all day. Yeah. Like it's the miracle of Lincoln. I yeah, I have no idea like how it even stayed in that bag, how it didn't fall out somewhere along the way. Yeah. Um it's pretty amazing. So, so anyways. I, so I got you a heftier chain. You did. And I've gotten to wear it. Yeah. Okay. That's we weren't really expecting to tell that story either. That's okay. I I'm really thankful that I found it and I'm yeah, is this one of the things that I really love that you gave me? Yeah, we should insure it. <laughs> but anyway, you found it. I did. Yeah, and then I gave you this really great anniversary present. And then I gave you nothing. <laughs> <laughs> you gave me two years of marriage. And a card. And a card. I gave you a card. Yes, you did. 
You didn't get me a card. No, I got you a necklace. So my gift to you is a card. Thank you. And the other gift, which I'll give it to you after this. Oh, yeah? Or on Tuesday. On your birthday. Yeah. (laughs) I'll give you a gift when you give me a gift. Oh, I already gave you a gift. I know. Not very good logic. Anyway. And um, so the weather's warming up here. Oh, it's in been Iowa. so nice. It we has been. We went on our first bike ride of the season. Yeah. I um, I was telling you today that I really love fall time. I thought fall time was my favorite season of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, but fall time's much more enjoyable in Louisiana where I grew up because it's longer than it is here. I feel like fall time in Iowa just kind of depends on when winter wants to come. And so it could be a couple of weeks. It could be a couple of months. Mm-hmm. But in uh, Louisiana, it seems to last for a good solid three months of the year. Yeah. And um, here it's like the leaves turn brown and then all of a sudden they fall off and you can't even enjoy them. But in Louisiana, they just they turn pretty colors and they stay on the trees for a really, really long time. Yeah. So I was telling you that I really love fall time, but I think that springtime might be my favorite in Iowa because Mm -hmm. it's almost like this nice reward for enduring the harsh winters that are here. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't have a harsh winter this. No, we didn't, but it was still really cold and it's just nice that. It does get cold. Yeah. I think you just appreciate the warm weather that comes after a really cold winter. So it's nice that it's warmed up. We had all the windows open. They're closed now. So you don't hear the birds chirping and the kids Wind playing and... outside. Yeah. yeah. It is really gorgeous though. And we went on our first bike ride last night and yeah. um, grilled out yesterday and did some house cleaning. And it's been it's been really nice. Yeah. And the sun's out a little bit later each night. And so it just feels like there's more time after work that we can get things done mm-hmm. um, and enjoy the weather. And we mentioned, too, that we're going to go to Denver. Yep, we are. And I have a work conference that I'm going to go to there, but we're also going to take a few days before and uh, do something. Yeah, we haven't figured that out. That's on our list of things to do today is to figure out exactly what we're going to do. Um, so if you have any suggestions, yeah, let us know. Please. We have a couple of... We'll be in Denver. Did you say that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. We'll be in Denver for the conference, but we talked about going outside of the, um, the city for a for the four or five days before. Yeah. Um, so we're going to rent a car, but we're still trying to figure out where we're going to get places. And since it's Memorial Day weekend, of course, a lot of people are going outside the city and booking hotels and nice places and still trying to figure some of that part out. And we we're going to go, sure. we were going to go camping, like just take our tent and stuff. But Kitty emailed some guy and he sent some things, but like, there still might be heavy snows, and so you might need to bring your snowshoes and your ice picks, and we're like, cross that off the list. Yeah. <laughs> we're and, not going to go camping in the snow. Right. And while we're recording this right now, Denver is getting like 15 inches of snow. Wow. Yeah. Crazy. <laughs> it's. I think um, we have a friend that's flying there today, and she said it was like 55 on like this last week, and then they're expecting 15 inches of snow this weekend, and then it's supposed to be 55 again next week. Wow. Uh, so I'm, I hope that does not happen when we're there because it makes it really hard to plan for what to bring. Yeah. It's but 75 right now here. He, yes, and it's absolutely Beautiful. gorgeous. Yeah. Okay. Let's move on. Yeah. Let's move on. So today we're going to talk about a few of the – Tools that we use when we travel? Maybe not tools. What would you call them? Services. 
services, tips, tools. Yeah, I think some of those things. things. We've mentioned them probably, I think we've mentioned all of them in the last few episodes, but we're going to spend this episode talking more about more about them. And so I think the four we're going to talk about are Airbnb, Uber, uh, Yelp, and uh, Google, Google Docs. Are we going to talk about that one? What's Google Docs? What? Google Docs. Google Docs. That's what I said. No, you said Google Talks. I did not. Yes, you did. Well, luckily we're recording this. <laughs> and, <laughs> so you and no, and you will not will edit know. this out. This is going in there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Google Docs. Google Docs. I thought you were trying to say Groupon and completely got it wrong. No, so. I wasn't. We're not gonna talk about Groupon. <laughs> we don't use that one all that much. No, we, we use it more here for services we know like we know what they are. Yeah. Okay, so the first one we're going to talk about is Airbnb. Which we've talked about in almost every other episode. Yeah, but this time we're going to specifically talk about it instead of just mentioning it in passing. I have a lot of information on Airbnb, and so it's hard to kind of condense it down. But mm-hmm. I thought maybe I could tell you a little bit about it. Um, that Airbnb was founded in 2018 but, 2018. Oh, 18. Um, actually, 2008. You can oh, edit wow. that part out. Um, I don't think I will. Yes, you should. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> so Airbnb was founded in uh, 2008, but it hasn't been, I think, until the last couple of years that it's really exploded. Mm-hmm. And basically what Airbnb is, is a lodging site um, that... It, that people can rent out their homes. Um, basically, you can do – it's like a shared economy. So It's a sharing economy. Sharing economy. Yep. Um, so you can find uh, people's homes that they're going to rent out to you in entirety. You can find private rooms of someone's home. Say someone has a two-bedroom home and they only – they're the only ones that live there. They may may rent out the other room. Mm-hmm. Um, or you can find like a shared room. Um, yeah, so, or people like just buy houses and rent them out on Airbnb. It right. might not be their personal house. Right. Um, and so I think they say now that they have more than 600,000 sites. Huh? Yeah. And I think that it's listed in 190 something countries now, hmm. which is pretty cool. Yeah. So we use Airbnb here in the States, but we've also used it internationally. Yeah. And it, I think some people have been a little weary of using it. And so I thought maybe I would say who should use it and who shouldn't. Sure. Well, I think that's true of the whole, you mentioned the sharing economy. This, yeah. The whole kind of balance between you have like businesses and corporations that are viewed as there's regulation and strict control over like if you go to a hotel, you're not worried about like the safety of the hotel because it's you know it's a hilton or you know or whatever but with this you're just you're going to some stranger's house and staying in their house and so there's kind of this inherent risk associated with it um and that's just true of of the sharing economy in general and this brings up all like the legal issues with all sorts of things with the, all the ho- hotels have a bunch of legal regulations and things they can't do and have to do. But but Katie down the street renting out her extra bedroom doesn't have to follow any of those regulations. And so the hotel lobbies and, and government officials are saying, you know, maybe we need to regulate these people. They need to have the same level of standards that the hotels have to follow. And the same thing's true with 
Uber, which we'll talk about next, and the same sorts of conversations happen. So, yeah, and yeah. I and that's so it kind of depends on the state. Um, it depends on the city that you live in as to what rules and things you'll see added on to Airbnp, like fees and stuff. Yeah, there's so sometimes there's an occupancy tax, like um, where we stayed in Washington D.C. had an extra occupancy tax on there. Yeah, and uh, I think some countries do now too. Um, just kind of depends on where you're at. You were going to talk about who should and shouldn't use it. Oh yeah, so um. For Jason and I, because we're just two couples, two couples, we're one couple, two people, um, it's pretty easy to find a one-bedroom place. um, And that's all we really need. We need a one-bedroom place with, say, a kitchen um, because we like to cook breakfast at home. And so – The bathroom. Right. So it's good for (laughs) – Bathroom (laughs) would be good. Thanks. Um, It's good for, like, extended stays. Um, So if you want to have a place that is more homey, um, that has, like, a washer and dryer, Wi-Fi um, that you don't have to pay for, sometimes when you stay at hotels, those things don't come with it. And so that's an extra cost. Mm -hmm. Or Uh, you're renting a suite or something, and then that's extra. That's expensive. uh, So we – tend to use Airbnbs because we can find this type of living situation in these nice, trendy downtown areas for half the price of a hotel. Um, Mm -hmm. And we can find them for long-term booking. So we can get a week's rate at a discount. um, And hotels don't even offer that. So hotels don't – they also don't give you – I mean, Airbnb doesn't give you 24-hour service, but um, hotels – um, don't give you discounts either for week-long stays. At least I don't usually see that. Yeah, I don't know. Um, so the, that's one type of reason, like person who might want to consider Airbnb. Um, if you want to be in a really trendy neighborhood right next to, um, say, a downtown convention center, Airbnb is kind of the way to go because all the hotels around there are are pricier. Um, and they fluctuate during holidays. And so – if you wanted to be in a downtown area or near all the action but not want to pay the inflated hotel price, you, that's when you would consider using Airbnb as well. Because you maybe could find a studio apartment um, that's a third of the price of a hotel. Um, you have more space than a hotel. Um, but And it's in that kind of na- downtown neighborhood you want to be, but it doesn't cost as much. Yeah. Um, and then another reason, like, someone should consider Airbnb is if you have a large group. Um, when my grandmother passed away, I was able to find a condo that was, that we could rent out a three bedroom, two bath condo for my whole family and pay for, for that for four or five nights instead of us renting, um, sorry, booking out uh, three hotel rooms. Yeah. It was just, and it was still a half the cost of booking a hotel room. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just g- gave us more room for, I think we had four adults and one infant. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also proved to be a really nice place for all of your family to come. And yeah. Out it was a well. really, it was a neutral ground for a bunch of aunts and uncles and cousins to all just come to our place instead of figuring out whose place should they go and, that's and no one had to worry about cleaning their homes. It was this was just it just worked. Um, yeah. yeah. So when you have like a large group of people and you want to save on hotel costs, but you need a little bit more room than a normal hotel, mm-hmm. um, it just gave me it just gave us a family style. Place. I heard on one of the radio shows I listened to that they went to San Diego, San Francisco, I think, for something, 
and they ended up renting out one of Nicolas Cage's mansions. Really? Like it's on Airbnb and it has like really weird design stuff. Like there's a dragon and a giant fish tank. And, huh. But if you need a mansion for a bunch of people, Airbnb. Yeah. So we've done this. Um, we did that with my family. Um, we've looked into it for maybe a family vacation in the future. Sometimes you can even get houses that have a pool or a hot tub. Um, they've just got some amenities that you you normally wouldn't get if you were staying in a hotel. They mm-hmm. have some sometimes they come with free parking in the downtown area as well. Or the um, one we stayed in San Diego, they had bikes that we could use. Mm-hmm, they did. And we and then the one in Boston when we stayed in the Boston Commons area as well. We were right beside the metro. Um, yeah. I was right beside the bus system to get to my conference. Um yeah. it was perfect. Yeah. So how do you go about finding a place? Yeah, so the key for Airbnb places and finding them in the best location is to start early. Mm-hmm. And it's it's hard. Sometimes that's hard because we just don't always know what our schedule is going to look like. Um, but to find the best places and to book them for longer than – if you're booking for longer than a couple of nights is to start early. Um, just because people can book – if there's not a minimum stay on the – rental that you're looking at, then someone could book for one night here and one night there, but and it and it not be a week apart. And so there's some benefits to looking early. Mm-hmm. Um so you have to sign up through Airbnb and they do verify your identification. So they ask for your email address, your phone number, and your license. They don't do a background check, so it's not one hundred percent But just to make sure you're a real person and yeah, you are who you say you are. Right. Yeah. Uh, the real help when it comes to knowing who your host is and also your host knowing who their renters are is filling out your profile. And so once you've signed on and they've verified your identification, then the best thing that you can do is fill out your profile and let them know who you are and what type of person you are and where you're from. Um, and then you could also have other people um, – be a reference for you. Like you can mm-hmm. ask somebody to write reviews for you who know who have known you for a while. Um, and so that's something to help other people who are hosting um, approve you if you want to stay at their place. Because hosts can turn you down. Right. So there's the host and then there's the renter. And right now we're not host. So I don't know that whole side of things. But as of someone who rents from them, um, the more reviews and positive reviews that I have from past days that I've been on, the the easier it is for me to find a booking and to be pre-approved for a booking. Um, and so, because they look at your profile and you see every place that you've stayed at, they say you're great, you need to talk to and leave it cleaner than. And so people want you to stay at their place, right? So every time I've stayed somewhere before, I've always done a review of the host and I've done a review of the location, and then. In return, they also do that for me. And so, and there's just, just to see that there's been communication back and forth, that it's been prompt and um, that we're responsive and that we've been good guests have been, have been really, really helpful. Yeah. This is the key to the sharing economy. So what we were talking about earlier is there's not government regulation. There's not those sorts of top-down security, but it's like a grassroots thing. It's, they look at you and see every place that you've stayed at before, people loved you and you have five stars and and whatever and so people are really they they're welcoming you into their home and vice and vice versa 
um, when you're looking for places to stay, you don't have to see if they're accredited by the state of Vermont or, you know, whatever. You just see that this person has had 20 people stay with them and everyone's loved it. And mm-hmm. you've read the reviews and you've seen the ratings. And so you can be reasonably confident that this person is a it's a good person. It's a good place to stay. The place is actually what it looks like in the pictures and, and whatnot. Yeah. So <laughs> I I say you have to join and then you booking in advance is probably one of your best things in your favor. But the, the next thing when you're searching, um, it takes a little while to get used to what you're looking for. Because um, if you're not familiar with it, it, like any software, it just takes a little while. Yeah. And so knowing um, the areas of the website and knowing kind of some looking for some hidden things on there. Um, can be really helpful for you. So knowing if you want an entire room or if you want a shared room. um, And then they've got like a list of, I call it an e-brochure of their hotel or their apartment and going through those items and making sure that they are what you want them to be. For example, you might make sure that they have running water. Right. Or electricity. electricity. Or a bathroom. Do they not have a bathroom either? I think it's like an outhouse. (gasps) My mom uh, just rented a, a cabin in Wisconsin, and it didn't have electricity or running water in it. Did your mom listen to this? I don't know. Hi, mom. Hey. She said <laughs> she said that they could run a an extension cord from the outlet outside into the house. They can also cancel the booking. I don't think maybe they don't want to. I don't know. We just looked at a cabin in Colorado to stay at, and it has no Wi-Fi. And we thought, I don't know if we want to stay there, <laughs> much less it like it did have running water and it did have electricity in the bathroom, in the bathroom inside the cabin. Yeah, but it didn't have Wi-Fi, and we thought, do we but want to is, be away from this Wi-Fi? This is also a credit to Airbnb because how how else if you wanted to go to Wisconsin and like do a completely rugged outdoor experience where you didn't have running water and inside and electricity. Like, how would you do that otherwise? Well, I don't think they planned on doing it. I know. But just for like, that's the type of thing you can do with Airbnb that you could just never do through a a hotel chain. Right. Right. You can find places like this. You could find a camper in the middle of the mountains that you want to stay at or, or whatever. Yeah. So that's part of your search features is you get to search for the number of people, the number of nights, the location. Um, It has a map feature so you can really key in on the neighborhood that you want to stay in. Um, You can search for like a price range. You can also search for amenities. So you can actually choose if you don't want running water and electricity. (laughs) Or for us, like when we go overseas and we go in the middle of the summer, we want to know that someplace has air conditioning because we need to come back to a place that has AC. And and maybe we, and if we don't, then we know. Um, Or we need Wi-Fi for your work or my work. And so we need a place that has it. Um, Or if we're going to stay there for a long time, we, we actually look for a washer and dryer. And so I can only search for those, for places that have these amenities. And It's really, really handy. And so making sure you're reading through the details, um, they even have like a description page. They have an amenity section that you can see whether or not they have this or that. And then they have like house rules. And so it tells you like what's allowed and what's not allowed. So if you have a pet and you can't leave your pet behind, but the place says no pets, then that's probably the place you don't want to go. Yeah. Or smoking is a big one. Right. Smoking. And then um, there's always minimum night stays. So you can stay there one night or you need to book this place for three nights. Um, There's there's some of those things that in the details page, if you read through it, um, it's to your advantage. That is like the biggest 
it takes a little bit of time, but it's well worth the effort. Mm-hmm. Um, and it tells it does tell you the price. It tells you if there's any extra cost if you have more guests. Um, yeah, there's always a couple fees that are associated, like service fees and cleaning fees and whatnot. Right, and but for, it helps you that. And I have like the credit to the host who includes their cleaning fee in the price of the um, stay. Yeah, like it just makes it so much easier. Like, I understand the Airbnb service fee is on top of the night stay, but the cleaning fee, I think, should just be roped into it because it just makes it more and more confusing. Well, the the problem is, like, it costs the same amount to clean, kind of no matter how long you stay. Mm -hmm. And so if you stay for one day, you can't put in that whole fee. If you stay for the week, you can't put it in. But I, you know, I think that's why they do it because it's going to cost 50 bucks to clean it whether you stay one day or one week. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, I think that's why it's broken out. Oh, okay. Because it's kind of a fixed cost of the rental. But yeah. they could put it in and just it averages out over the entire year. Right. So those are some searchable features that we like to use. Um, we just say the other thing is I always look at their rates and reviews. And so yeah. when it comes down to if I really want to stay here, um, have, have they been reviewed before by somebody else? And generally, if they haven't, then we don't try to stay there for a long period of time. And then if um, if if I don't know anything about the host and nobody's written anything about the host, then I usually won't book it um, for mm-hmm. a long period. And then any of the stars that they have stars for like accuracy, cleanliness, um, communication. communication, check in the value of the hotel and the location. And so you can see what other people say about um, this hotel just based off the stars. If you want a quick the apartment. A, yeah. The apartment. Um, if you want like a quick or review. Rustic cabin. Right. Um, or RV. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And they and that's what's fun about Airbnb. Like you mentioned, if you wanted a rugged experience, if you wanted to stay in a tiny home, then yeah, you can stay in a tiny home. Or if you wanted to stay in an RV park, um, in an RV, then they they have those locations. Yeah. Um But I mean for the most part they're like normal normal places. Yeah, for yeah. the most part. Yeah. Uh, and and I've done both. I've done an entire place and then whenever I was traveling by myself, I actually did a shared room. We did that too, actually, in uh Minnesota when we stayed at that that oh, old yeah. mansion that they turned into a bread and bed, bed and, and breakfast. breakfast. Yeah. yeah, there are places like bed and breakfasts will list their houses on um, Airbnb, mm-hmm. and and those tend to work out really nicely. Yeah, and so that's that's Airbnb. It it there are a lot of concerns of is it safe and um, what does it mean for paying and everything that you do for for paying um, goes through Airbnb. So just a couple of other things like tips on Airbnb is always communicate with your host before you book the place. Um, so I always inc- I have the dates that I want to stay. I I will message the host um, saying who I am, why I'm coming, uh, where, like why I want to book the place. And um, I'll talk about the number of guests, but I'll also say just wanted to double check and see if it's available for this these nights because um, it, it really might not be. Um, and so I always ask. And so that's a couple of tests. Um, it's a test for them to get to know us and pre-approve us and look at our profile. But it's a second test for me to know if they're going to communicate back to me. And if they don't write back, then I don't book them. Yeah. Or so, how prompt they write back. Right. And, and how prompt they are at writing back. Uh, another tip would be just to be courteous when you're there. Um, it is their home for the most part, unless it's a bed and breakfast. Uh, and so cleaning up after yourself and leave, leaving it nice. And I tend to 
put a load of towels in the washer before we leave or those types of things like making sure the dishes are clean or at least in the dishwasher. Um, Those are little things that give you better reviews, but it also lets them know that you cared for their place while you were there. Yeah. Um, And it's just courtesy. Yeah. Do you have any other tips that you can think of? I I don't think so. I think just making sure that the host has your your number and and if anything ever changes at any point in time, just being in contact with them. And so I know that we've had delays on flights and so I've had to write them and then immediately when I know we're going to be late or delayed, then I send them a message that says, hey, our flight mm-hmm. was delayed. We're going to be later. Is this okay? Um, there's just some – I just try to make sure that they know how to get in touch with us and that we are being conscious of their time and uh, communicating well. Yeah, and I think – I think this last thing, some people have had bad experiences with Airbnb, but we haven't. All of our experiences have been good. And I wonder if it is because you do such a great job at like doing all of this groundwork beforehand and not just finding a place and not really reading anything about it and just clicking book and then you show up and it's terrible or the people or whatever. And so you can probably have a bad experience if you don't put any effort into it. Yeah, um, you could probably have a bad experience even if you do put effort into it. But it for the most hasn't part, happened yet. <laughs> for the most part, I think you, if if you do a little bit of research, you can find a place and you can have a pretty good chance at being have a successful trip. Yeah, I, and I agree. It does take it does take some groundwork. Um, and I think the more that you research it, the easier it gets, and you just know what you want and what you're looking for. And mm-hmm. so if you know that, um, it just gets easier and easier each time that you book. It's sometimes scary the first time, but once you're you're kind of used to it, then it's not um, it's not so intimidating. Yep. The next one we we're going to talk about is Uber. And it occurred to me um, that these first three, Airbnb, Uber, and Yelp, they're all, as you mentioned, like sharing economy stuff. Mm-hmm. It's all like modern grassroots type services. Um, Uber... If you don't know, there's other ones like Lyft. Those are the same. Oh, we didn't mention. There's other things besides Airbnb. There's like VRBO and HomeAway.com. These are all like similar services. House sitters. This is one that I really want to do. <laughs> it's a, that's a different thing. But Yeah, it's VRBO and uh, HomeAway. HomeAway.com. Those are two other shared economy they even they even air more on private rentals of homes. Hmm. Um and I think they're a little bit steeper in cost. Yeah. And anyway. I don't I don't yeah, anyways. We only use Airbnb. I I just know how to use it better and it seems to be cheaper. Okay. It seems to be very straightforward on their price. Well, so Uber and Lyft are it's another thing that we use pretty much anytime we travel uh, to bigger cities. And basically it's it's like Airbnb but only for cars. Um, only for taxis, I guess, because you're not like renting somebody's car. You are renting them driving their car. Their car. <laughs> Basically, what I love about Uber is it it's everything you like about taxis without everything that you hate about taxis. So for me, what I hate about a taxi is... You have to go to the street and just try to wave them down. Then once you get in the car, you have to tell the driver, this is where I want to go. And you have to, do they know how to get there? Do they know it? Do they don't? If not, you kind of have to explain how to get there. And then the whole time you're driving, you're worried, are they actually going to the right place? If you're not too familiar with the city, which everywhere we travel, we're not. And how much is it going to cost? Because you see that little number just there, just ticking up, you know, and it's, 
for some reason, taxis just stress me out for those, not for some reason, for those reasons, I'm taxis really sure just how stress many me out. times we've actually used a taxi I've used a taxi before, not in the States, but like overseas and stuff. And, mm-hmm. and partly the reason I don't is for these reasons. But mm-hmm. Uber is different. Uber is an app you install on your phone and basically it will show you, um, you could say, pick me up here and then it'll assign you a a driver, somebody who out, just a normal person who is who has signed up to be a driver with Uber, and they will come to where you are, and you put in your destination on your phone, so you see exactly the route, and you can get a fair estimate that it's going to maybe cost twelve dollars or five dollars or whatever. And you get in your car, you don't even have to talk to the driver at all if you don't want to, because they already have your destination, and then they drive you right there. And in the same way, you get rated as a passenger, they get rated as a driver. And so if you get assigned a driver that has really low, a really low rating, you can decline them. Um, and the best part of all is you don't have to pay them. Your phone pays them you know, or Uber pays them and Uber charges you. And so it just happens. You don't have to dig for cash. You don't have to hope that they take a credit card. Uh, it just it makes it so easy. And even if it's it might be more expensive, I'm not even sure it is. But even if it was more expensive, I would still use it because it just seems so much more pleasant to me. <laughs> Didn't realize you're so passionate about it. I am. I think it's it's I one of we- the greatest services that I think in that kind of has changed transportation. Um, I I love it and I've had great experiences with it. And again, I think you can probably had bad experience with it, but I never have. I think what I like about it is that people who people get to decide who and maybe this is the wrong way to think about it, but people get to decide who they take in their car and who they don't. And so they if there's someone who has low reviews because they only call Uber drivers when they've been out all night partying and they're drunk and they're not a very nice drunk person, mm-hmm. then they can say no. Or if or the, if that has happened to one of these drivers, then they can leave a review that says, hey, after this time at night, maybe don't consider driving this person around. Yeah. Um, there's just some of that, like for their safety even, they get – there's there's just some choices that they have um, when it comes to services. Yeah. I think I, – yeah, I just really enjoy it. And Uber as a company is pretty interesting. They Again, they've also had a lot of controversy legally because um, the taxi industry is really heavily regulated in such that like in New York, you can't have a taxi unless you have one of these medallions. And the medallions cost like millions of dollars per medallion. Really? Yeah. And Where did you read that at? I was on a podcast. How did they get the medallions? They buy them. They buy them for millions of dollars? Mm-hmm. Who buys them? Taxi companies. But not a taxi driver. No, the taxi companies like buy them and then they like rent them out to their drivers or, or their drivers drive them around or whatever. But anyway, they're they're really heavily regulated and controlled and whatnot. And so basically a service like Uber comes in and just like starts offering the same service, but without any of the regulations. And these have been huge legal troubles. And one of the things Uber did is like, there's the expression that you should, 
you ask, it's easier to ask for forgiveness than permission. And they kind of take the same tact with this is that they, they go into a city and start offering their service there without asking for legal permission to do it. And they would kind of just build it up and then eventually get taken to court or cities would come in and say, you can't do it anymore. And there's also big problems with like airports because airports would have a lot of rules about taxis and like which taxis can come and taxis have to pay fees in order to pick up at airports but uber drivers didn't have to pay those fees well some of them do now they do now because basically airports got started cracking down on this because of the lobbying of the taxi companies and so now you have some you have to pay fees if you get picked up or dropped off at the airport and whatnot. But it's just kind of this really interesting clashes of worlds where you have this kind of new upstart technology that's revolutionary, kind of competing against this old established behemoth of of a industry. And I think I think it's a good thing. I mean, yeah, I think it's definitely a good thing because the innovation and the ease of use and all of this makes Uber just so much better. And it's interesting to see which... Uh, like political people, politicians kind of support which side because there are people who are on the side of the taxi industries and kind of saying how these upstarts like Uber and whatnot, they need to be under control of the the government and, and that sort of stuff. So it's kind of interesting to see all of, it's It's way bigger than just getting somebody to drive you from here to there. It's a lot of, it's a big, big story. So. Um, so how, how do you join Uber? Uh, you can just, you just sign up and download the app. Is there a verification on there? No, I don't think so. I think you just have to put in your credit card and whatnot so that they can make sure you get paid. Um, and we'll have a link on the page that you can sign up. And when you do, you get, I think $10 off your first ride. Yeah. These would be, I I guess they're like, they're not necessarily affiliate programs. They're more uh, like. They're like referral stuff. Yeah. So if we refer you, you get $10 off, we get $10 off, you know. The same thing with Airbnb. Yeah. If we refer you and you sign up via referral, then you get 20 20 bucks off after your first day. It's either with your first day or after your first day. So. And it's not why we're talking about these things. (laughs) But, But, you know, it's perks. Might as well help you benefit. From it. Yeah. And the last one that we'll talk about that's been a lot been around longer is Yelp. And it's the same principle except except for apartments or cars. It's for restaurants. You feel way more passionately about this than I do. Yeah. I think I just haven't used it enough. This is how whenever we're in cities that we're not we've never been to before, that's where I look to find out where we should eat. Because it makes it really easy to search by location, by what type of food you want, by the price by the reviews. And so you can go see, you know, I want a cheap food, but I don't want really bad food. So you can find a a cheap place that still gets four or five stars and read the reviews. And in the same way, the reviews are are what we follow. And I think for food, Yelp, for cars, or or Uber, and for apartments, Airbnb. Those are our three that we use. Yeah. At least when it comes to apps and when it comes to lodging, food, and transportation. Yeah. And we are, we don't have one for like airline flights. Um, we tend to have to go with either what I'm flying out to the location or where you're flying out. And so at least for flights, we tend to use the same carrier. Yeah. Um, we just use United. Yeah. It tends to be the one that we go with. Um, we can build airline miles and we have their credit card and, you know, all of those things. So. Right. 
And so the last the last tool that we use the most whenever we're planning a trip, whenever we're talking about going somewhere is Google Drive Docs. Talks. 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 <laughs> yeah. And this one is, I mean, it's different. It's just a tool that we we use to keep organized. We collaborate. We have a budget worksheet that we use to keep track of our expenses while we're traveling and make sure we stay within budgets. And uh, yeah, we find it just really useful to, to plan things and keep track of it. Well, Katie's become an expert at spreadsheets. Well, I, you taught me half of what I know. Yeah. And, and yeah, so Google Drive is just a cloud um, file store. And uh, since we both use Gmail and we also use Google Photos as a cloud storage, um, it makes it really handy just to link it all together. And then I, I also have a Chromebook, and so it just uses Google for all of my like easy access and storage of files. And so we've just used it quite a bit since we've been married. And it, um, I'm able to share documents with him. He's able to share with me. And so I just create a, a folder for, say, Washington, D.C., and I put whatever work stuff I need into it. I mean, not whatever I can that's not confidential because I have a whole work cloud that's not even Google um, that I use. But for our, at least like flights and let's see, like our itinerary for Airbnb, um, with Google Drive, you can also have an app on your phone. And so you can access uh, your files, but you can also keep your files offline too. So if you needed that folder from Washington DC and knew you weren't going to be near Wi-Fi, you can keep it offline. Mm-hmm. Some of the doc- documents that you need, but the biggest one that we use for each for each trip is the Excel sheet. And each one of those Excel sheets has we basically copy and paste, and then we change some of the names of stuff. So. Mm-hmm. Like it has a packing list, it's got flights, it has housing. What else does it have on those tabs? I, our itineraries. Has our itinerary, so what we're doing like for the locations week. Locations of where we're staying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just like one a one sheet, like one Excel sheet with all of the information. And so if we need to, we can share that with our family members just to say, here's where we're going to be, especially last month when we were gone for the whole month of July, yeah. just sending sharing it with parents or with somebody back here in the state so that they knew where we were at in case we needed them to do something for us or um, if they were wondering where we were at in case some, they hadn't heard from us, and they, they would know, okay, here's where they we're supposed to be at yep. <laughs> during that time. Yeah, it's um, just a one – stop shop for all of the information that we need we'll right and there. we're happy to share this with y'all as well i think the favorite thing on that excel sheet is the three tabs that go to like actually budgeting for our trip and so yeah. when jason and i are trying to decide can we go can we afford it or how much would we spend basically we have three tabs that are intercorrelated between each other on the excel sheet one's a budget one's um expense details um, and then one's an overview page that basically all of the stuff you budget for, um, it, you can do it by cities. Like you can have multi-city budgets. You can also have multi-categories within each city. Then link to the budget, the overview page, because the overview page has your budget on it. And then it also has um, expenses the broken expenses out. broken out from your expense detail tab. And so the expense detail tab is really handy because as you're going through your days, you can just spend a little bit of time in the evening putting in all of your expenses and putting what city it's in and then what category. And so our cities can be Washington, D.C., and then I'll have work. And so we had two cities-ish city-type categories. 
and I could put So we my... could keep them separate. Right. And it sounds kind of like a pain. Who wants to sit on your vacation and record all of your expenses and do a spreadsheet? It sounds really boring. But for us, it's really helpful because then we kind of, we know when we, we've talked about this before, we know how much we want to spend or how much we don't want to spend what's the right way to say it how much we don't want to spend over we got a budget for the trip and so if we don't keep track of our expenses we're not really sure how much money we have left and so instead of it being kind of like a hindrance to just something we have to do we find it really freeing to be able to to be able to see like this is how much money we have left to spend and so we can splurge or so we shouldn't go to this place or you know those sorts of decisions it makes them a lot easier than just trying to think well I don't I think we've haven't spent everything yet you know or just trying you know carrying cash around or or whatnot it just makes it a lot easier for us. Well, and um, if you listen to our episode about San Francisco, which I think was episode two, yeah, two or three, um, you'll hear a conversation where we talked about budgets and how we made a budget, but it was actually really frustrating because because <laughs> Jason didn't want to actually spend the money that was in the budget. And so we had to have some conversations about like, if it's in the budget, then we need to either be okay with spending it or we need to say that... We're, we're not okay with it and we need to change the numbers. So we need to come up with numbers that Jason and I both are on the same page with so we're not like we're not being frustrated with each other when we're actually on the vacation saying I, di- I didn't think we would actually spend the money that we budgeted for it. That was a unique circumstance. <laughs> well, we can it, go back and listen. We don't have to revisit it now. No, but I think it's helpful that that they know that this is kind of what developed because of some of these conversations that we've had. Yeah, it was definitely a learned experience. So this budget then was also really helpful for us to do when we planned our first overseas trip together. Yeah. And I think that's really what kind of led to us using it for every trip from then mm-hmm. on. Um, is that-, that one was more important because it was longer. And so we we had to ration money. We couldn't spend it all in Italy because we you know, had two more countries to no, go to first. So. Yeah, but we started this one. We went the summer before. We went to Turkey for just that two weeks, which we haven't talked about it on our podcast. But the first summer we were married, we got married uh, in March, and then we were trying to budget. And we were trying to budget like for our monthly within our monthly finances for savings, yeah. so that we could save up for it. And so this was kind of a way that we were able to do that. So we had a goal or whatever, right? And yeah. we had a multi-city site like what we would budget for each city because we visited one two we visited three cities and then we went back to the first city and so we had four different cities that we budgeted for yeah so it's the same same principle yeah yeah but it really came into fruition this summer with our multi-country tour it did and so i think we had i think i had maybe six different budgets we had we had five different cities we had italy and then i had italy work I had Turkey, which was all vacation, and then I did Dubai and then Dubai work. So we, mm-hmm. the, I had five cities, I would say, in quotes, um, of where we would budget money. And then we had all of that in our budget page, and then we had one massive page of all of our expenses from the month. Yeah. 
Um, but it is really handy. So if you're looking for an Excel sheet, we've kind of done the work for you. Yeah. And it does take a little bit of getting used to. So we're happy to share that Google template with you. So maybe you could use it in the future with your family trip or whatever trip you've got coming up. And yeah. And, and I mean, I'm I do software for a living. And so part of me is like, why are we using a, a spreadsheet to do all this? We should have a special app to do it all. But I think one of the things that's great is that you did you did this like you're the one that kind of spearheaded figuring out how to make it all work and how to figure it out and so you're you're even more involved than you would be if if like I wrote my own our own application for it or whatever and so I think that's really good because you understand how it all works and a spreadsheet just lets you be really flexible about but what you have. So there's definitely benefits to it, even if my natural inclination would be, ooh, we should make our own thing. Yeah, I think there's probably things out there that we could use. I think uh, probably. anything that we've wanted, we we want to customize to what <laughs> what we need it for. Yeah. And so there's always something that doesn't work the way that we want it to, or we wish that it did this. And so right now, this is what we've got. Yeah. And, and it works great. Yeah. I didn't mean to say it didn't. You did a great job. With oh, it. no, I didn't think that you said that. So, okay. um, but yeah, I would like to try maybe some apps that are helpful along the way. And I found one, like it's called Travel Wallet that we can maybe try out on our next trip. But I think it's it's a little bit hard because it goes by day, like your budget for the day. And I don't, that's, yeah, that's not how we do it. Right. So that's what I mean by, like, I think the only thing that would be better than what we currently do is to have a better way to track the expenses as we go along. Cause right now we just write it down in our notes and our phone or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so if we could actually put it into the system mm-hmm. or like right when it happens, that would be good. Yeah, and we could that's the only thing on Google Drive that doesn't make it easy is using the like there's the a Google Excel yeah. app that you have to use and that's just it's not super user friendly. Well, it's just hard to do on a phone, you know. Yeah. But having something like the travel wallet and then re-recording those expenses into but then you're having to do twice the work. But we're already doing twice the work anyway. Yeah, it it works out for us. Yeah, um, it works for we're us. We're even able to like split expenses the way that we want to. Yeah. Um, if you if you use something, let us know. We'd love to maybe even improve this process. So Yeah, and if you've used other private rentals besides Airbnb and or if you've had a bad experience with Airbnb, I'd love mm-hmm. to hear those too. Or if you've used Zipcar before. I want to hear about it. Is Zipcar the one in DC? No, this well, I think they're all over. They're the places where like you rent the car. Mm-hmm. It's it's like Airbnb for cars. You know that we've seen we've seen yeah. around. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, like you rent the car for a day. It's not even for a day. It's like you rent it for an hour. Oh, you know, or, or I thought I thought they had those in DC. They do. I think they've had them everywhere. Oh, we've never even tried them. Yeah. That's why I want to hear. If you have, let us know. If you have any travel apps that you use, we'd love to hear about them. Yeah. I think the conclusion from the last few minutes is we want to hear from you. <laughs> yeah, we really do want to know. Like, what do you think of these these discussions that we're having? And what do you think about the tools that we use? And do you use Google Docs? Do you Have you used Uber before? Um, what's your experience with Airbnb? Like, let us know. We totally want to hear from your side of it. Yeah. We should do a contest. Hmm. We don't have any prices. We don't. Well, we'll work on that one and get back to you. Yeah. I think it definitely would be fun to have a contest for our 10th episode. Mm, yeah, that's a good idea. So those are the tools that we use uh, when we travel. Airbnb, Uber, Yelp, and Google Docs. 
Right. And we're not being paid to advertise these. We're just letting you know what works for us. So we would love to, like I said, we'd love to hear what you have to say. You can comment on our uh, podcast page on the show notes, which is you can go to funktravels.com slash podcast. You can find all of our episodes there. Uh, you can leave us a review on iTunes. You could tweet at us. Uh, you could tweet at me anyway. Katie, Katie's not on Twitter. Uh, our Facebook group is the other place. I am on Twitter. I just don't ever use it. Yeah. Facebook would be a better place. You can join and like us on Facebook. So we'd love to hear from you. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. And as always, have a great week. And we'll see you next time. Yep. Bye.